You're listening to Quick and Dirty History, the show about American history on the go. The first white men of your people who came to our country were named Lewis and Clark. They brought many things that our people have never seen. They talked straight. These men were very kind. Chief Joseph. The entire expedition is recorded in journals of the captains and some of the men, albeit sometimes very sparsely. There are huge gaps in Meriwether Lewis's journal entries, which may be due to the bouts of depression he suffered his whole life, or some of the journals being lost. We just really don't know. The following is what we do know. On May 14, 1804, the Lewis and Clark expedition set out to uncharted territory at 4 p.m. The expedition would head up the Great Missouri River from St. Louis in search of the unknown. On just the second day of the expedition, Captain Lewis tumbled down a cliffside nearly 300 feet and almost died. He was able to save himself by digging his knife into the cliffside to prevent his fall. Shortly after, they almost lost their keelboat and with it, all of their supplies. Just one of the many countless opportunities for the expedition to be stopped in its tracks. In July, the expedition reached the Great Plains. William Clark was stunned by the fact that he couldn't see the extent of the plains in any direction. The wildlife they encountered astounded them. Porcupines, badgers, bull snakes, beaver, bear, elk, deer, coyotes, rattlesnakes, and the greatest herd of bison any white man had ever seen. Tens of thousands of bison roaming the plains together. The negative cost of Lewis and Clark entering the Garden of Eden is that later expeditions, regardless of what they were intended to do, later expeditions did not deal with the native peoples with the intelligence, with the almost kindly resolve that Lewis and Clark did. William Least Heat Moon. The expedition also encountered Native Americans all along the way, which makes sense. It's their land after all. Native Americans all along the way were in awe of York, Clark's slave. York hunted for badly needed food, cared for the ill, and helped discover new plants and animals. And most importantly, he always smoothed over relations with Native American tribes. Relatively quickly into the journey, one of the members, Sergeant Charles Floyd, died. Most likely, he had a ruptured appendix, and there was nothing anyone could really do about that at the time. What's absolutely shocking, though, is he's the only member of the expedition who dies the entire time. Of the endless opportunities for death, everybody else would survive. When the expedition met the Teton Sioux, a very tense moment ensued. It all started with whiskey. It always starts with whiskey. The expedition shared quite a bit of whiskey with the Native Americans, who became drunk and pretty violent. They grabbed the cables of the boat and started yelling that they had not yet received enough gifts from Lewis and Clark. The men of the expedition proceeded to lock and load their weapons and point them at the natives, while the natives drew their arrows and their bows. Bloodshed was nearly certain, but at that moment, the Native American chief ordered all of his men to back down. Calmer heads prevailed, and the natives invited the expedition back to camp. It worked out, but things could have gone south pretty quickly. The expedition stopped for the winter at Fort Mandan, near Bismarck, North Dakota. This was the center of trade networks, political, and ceremonial activity for Native Americans. It was also a really great opportunity for Lewis and Clark to gather as much information as they could about the journey that lied before them. 
Temperatures at Fort Mandan reached nearly 40 below. While at Fort Mandan, a Frenchman named Charbonneau, who spoke the native Hadatsa language, visited Lewis and Clark. This is the most critical turning point of the journey. Charbonneau is encouraged to join the expedition and brings his 16-year-old Shoshone wife with him. She's six-month pregnant, and her name is Sacagawea. In some interpretations, her name is pronounced Sacagawea. Sacagawea will become as well-known of a name as the two captains for her diplomatic skills, ability to translate, navigate, and her astoundingly positive contributions to the expedition as a whole. In February of 1805, Sacagawea went into labor, and Lewis used a piece of rattlesnake and some water to help induce it. She drank rattlesnake tail, and ten minutes later, a baby was born. Do not try that at home. As this expedition was as much of a scientific mission as anything else, when the ice broke up on the river, all material gathered so far was shipped back to Thomas Jefferson, including a live prairie dog. After they passed current-day Yellowstone Park, they reached a fork in the Missouri River and didn't know which way to go. They know they need to reach the Great Falls of the Missouri, but which fork to follow? Pretty much the entire expedition thought that they should go up one fork, yet Meriwether Lewis felt they should go the other. In an astonishing showcase of the amount of respect and faith the men had in Meriwether Lewis, they go his way. Respect like that is earned, and it's rewarded because he was right. Then, things got really rough for the expedition. On July 4th, they ran out of the last of their whiskey. Oh, and there were grizzly bears. Six men discovered a large grizzly bear and went out to attack it. All six men fired at the grizzly bear, which only pissed it off. Carnage almost ensued as the grizzly bear chased the men. It would have demolished the soldiers, except for one of them was able to get a well-placed shot through the head of the grizzly bear and kill it. Further along, they crossed through Montana and reached the Continental Divide. Here, Sacagawea began to recognize a lot of the land around her. She had been kidnapped as a young girl and taken from her homeland they were now in. Then, something remarkable happens. While helping to translate with the Shoshone natives, Sacagawea realizes the chief is her long-lost brother, Kamiawait. It's an incredible moment, as the two are reunited, having never thought they would ever see each other again. With Sacagawea amongst them, the Shoshone offered many horses and a handful of guides to help the expedition. Without them, they'd be lost. From this point, the party suffers hunger, dehydration, horrendous weather, freezing temperatures, and exhaustion, frostbite, and merciless terrain. But still, not a single soul was lost. Once again, Native Americans help the expedition. The Nez Perce Indians feed them and nurse them back to health. The expedition, in much better health, continues in canoes they fashion by hollowing out trees and paddle through the rapids of the Clearwater and the Snake Rivers and finally reach the Columbia. In November of 1805, William Clark probably said it best. Ocean in view. Oh, the joy. The expedition had finally reached the mighty Pacific Ocean and definitely realized there's for sure no waterbound Northwest Passage. In late November, the party had to decide where to set up camp, and due to lack of food, it came down to a vote where to camp for the winter. Both York and Sacagawea voted in this decision. This makes their votes the first time a Native American and a woman, as well as an African American, were allowed to vote in American history. Pretty big stuff. Fort Clatsop was constructed, 
not only for shelter and protection, but also to establish an American presence, with the American flag flying over the fort. After all they had endured, they were only halfway there. The party set out in March of 1806 to return home. That April was the only time Captain Lewis truly threatened any Native Americans. Indians stole his dog, Seaman, who followed them by his side relentlessly. Lewis warned the natives that any other wrongdoing would result in instant death. Do not fuck with a man's dog. In July, the Corps of Discovery split into two groups. Meriwether Lewis went to explore the Marias River, the other part of the fork they had come to the previous year. William Clark went into the territory of the Crow natives. They would meet up again when they reached the Yellowstone and Missouri Rivers in August. When the groups reunited, one of Clark's hunters thought Meriwether Lewis was an elk and shot him near his ass. Lewis was fine, but he was probably pretty upset that he had made this huge journey and about a month from getting home, he gets shot by mistake. The Corps of Discovery traveled more than 8,000 miles. To survive the journey, when food was plentiful, they had to eat between 12 and 15,000 calories a day, which is between 8 and 10 pounds of meat. While they had not found a Northwest Passage water route across the continent, they had made it to the Pacific Ocean and completed the mission of surveying the Louisiana Territory from the Mississippi River all the way to the Pacific Ocean. Most importantly, they had done so up against unimaginable odds. The journey not only produced valuable maps and geographic information about the uncharted region, they identified copious amounts of animal specimens as well as botanical samples, and brokered peaceful relationships with dozens of Native American tribes, over 50 in all. It was a moonshot kind of undertaking. The breadth of the expedition is probably best summed up by Sacagawea herself. Amazing the things you find when you bother to search for them. Thank you.